Thanks for joining us on this episode of Android App Addicts number 590. Trigger warning, it gets a little bit weird, and that is mostly Ivor's fault. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Android App Addict, episode number 590. This episode is brought to you by a longtime Patreon supporter. He was around for a couple months. Named Jay. Jay. Graf Walner. Graf Walner. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for the support, Jay Graf Walner. And I want to thank uh, Josh and Ivor for all their support throughout the years. This is technically the first show of the year, so anything goes, I guess. Uh, how is everything? Well, Ivor, you just got back from a wedding. How is the wedding? Yes, I just flew back from Auckland, and boy, are my arms tired. Uh, got a bit of reaction from uh. my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, uh, actually, I have a, uh, we had a lovely time in Auckland. My son got married. Um, I want to show you a picture of my new daughter-in-law, if that's okay. Um, it's just, uh, just um, a minute. I don't know, it's not the right screen. You said anything goes, <laughs> door. <laughs> okay, you filthy-minded bastards. <laughs> of course we are. Um, that's like, come on now. Where is it? It depends. <laughs> She's a lovely, lovely girl. This is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Here's the picture. I don't know. If, uh, it's not. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, How's that? Gee, your son is your son is your son is short, ugly, man. <laughs> <laughs> he looks just teeth. like your brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's me with my new daughter-in-law, and she's absolutely lovely. Her name is. Hang on. Um, <laughs> he's a lucky man. <laughs> Her name is Shelby, and he is a very lucky man. Yeah, we had a great. Yeah. Is that your son in the background? Is he wearing a, a white tux? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's yes. got a beard too. Yeah. So he punched up. He punched up, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and that is not the only new addition we have in the family. We also have a new dog. Pippa. Come here. Pippa. Come here. Here she is. This is Pippa. Ah. She is a half miniature poodle and half fox terrier. And she is pretty So she's half psychotic? She is pretty psychotic, yeah. yeah she's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah. She's not too bad. Yeah. But uh, we're getting used to her. We're getting used to each other. Does she get? Does she get rabbits? She does. She likes to go into the house yeah. and pull the corpses out from under the uh, under the house, and <laughs> the cat is left there, and then chew on the bones and bring them inside. She also likes to eat sheep poo. One of her favorite things to eat is sheep poo, which uh, she probably vomits. So up she's on. a she's a recycler. <laughs> she's a recycler. Yeah, she's a great recycler. She's a cute. <laughs> she's, she's a, a kiwi. She's very cute. <laughs> you have to use all parts of the sheep. No, she's um, she's been great. We've been um, been getting lots of exercise and going for walks and doing stuff like that. So that's half the reason I got her in the first place. But anyway, enough about me, guy. Me, you. Exercise you is good. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, uh, how was your um, short hiatus from the show? Busy. I, mean, I guess that's probably the obvious. Just been trying to get through some semi self imposed deadlines, and then did some. Some traveling, we went on a ski trip, and and then, yeah, just 
just life in general but uh it's been good man it's been like 10 degrees here in the middle of january so it's uh that's quite nice did you take your boy skiing as well yeah he's been doing some lessons so full disclosure i'm just terrible at skiing (laughs) and my wife is amazing at skiing and she grew up canadian so i think you have to get in at least one hockey fight and learn how to ski (laughs) and uh so she does most of the the holding him and and helping him down the hill because it would just be an absolute train wreck if i was trying to control him and myself he's actually probably better than i am now he's four years old after three lessons well i mean he has a much lower center of center of a gravity as well so he has a you know advantage oh, well, i found it hard enough when i was 14 to learn how to ski um you can't imagine what it'd be like for a four-year-old well more bouncy that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah you would have loved it yeah i had somebody like two years ago try to invite me to go snowboarding to which i explained to that person the only time i'm on snow or ice is in my in like a parking lot or my driveway i've never been on a hill except for sledding like when i was like five years old so no i'm not starting now Unless you want to take me to the emergency room. There should probably be a law saying anyone over 40 should not ski. Uh, unless they, not for the first time. Unless no. they're medically insured for hip replacements. Yeah, well, I so say, yeah, <laughs> I pass on that. Um, my uh, For the last month, I've been, I'll say, weirdly busy. Um, lots of doctor's appointments. Yay! Uh, had our wedding anniversary, which coincided with my sister-in-law's birthday, which was literally New Year's Eve. So she wanted to go up there New Year's Eve, a.k.a. amateur hour. You know what I mean? That's the night. If there's any night I'm not going to enjoy a beverage, it's that night. And the fog, I literally couldn't see like 50 feet in front of me the whole day going up and then when we came home. So I was literally driving like this is my first time driving a car kind of strictness, two hands, you know, on a wheel. Yeah, two and ten and just eyes on the road full time, never blinked, never until we got home. Yeah, fun night. Mm, Great. (laughs) Um, also I'll say in the last week, my OnePlus Nord N100 decided to just finally start to actually give up the ghost where when I went into work, I did a speed test and I was getting one meg down and like 10, uh, a 10th of a megabyte up speed. And then I noticed randomly, I would get an explanation point in my LTE thing on my phone, which means limited connectivity. Um, me and my son drove to one of his doctor's appointments, which is almost an hour away, uh, like halfway home. We were talking about stuff, and I said, huh, I wonder how much caffeine it would take to kill the average human. Push the button on Android Auto. How much caffeine would it take to kill the average human? Just sit there, time out. Hit the button again. After hitting it like 15 times, my son said, you know, I can just look it up on my phone. I'm Irish. I'm stubborn. This thing will do it sooner or later. And then like another 15 tries and it finally worked to which he said, I think it's time you hang that phone up, dad. And we tried reformatting it. So we came home. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's literally just the Wi-Fi and the mobile is just going, it's just dying. So I took his old phone because he got a new Moto G stylus, uh, 5G stylus. Uh, so I took over his Moto G7 power. Um, it's not particularly nice, but I'm getting faster download speeds. So I got that going for me. Um, and since I just spent over $300 on uh, hosting fees, I'm not getting a phone anytime soon. She made that clear. 
So, yeah, I'm just going to make this work. And so right now, because I have so many podcasts, literally my old phone is like my portable Walkman, if you will. And then the other phone is for communications and navigation while in the car. So it's working is what I want to say. Good stuff. Yeah. So do you guys have any uh, new hardware, either ambitions or uh, things that you're looking at? No, I, I personally don't, but I did. Uh, I changed my wife over to iPhone. Um, <laughs> I thought you said you just and, changed uh, the wife over. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they traded her in for a new iPhone. Um, <laughs> uh, and a, a MacBook, too, for Christmas. No, right. um, Good deal. Yeah, well, it's just, yeah. I mean, she was using a, a what was it, a Redmi something, 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 and it's kind of a, a POS operating system. And she had been on the Apple products before. And so I thought it's just, it's going to save me a lot of IT work <laughs> to do, to go that way. <laughs> See, there you go. There's only one good reason to buy anybody an Apple device. Cause you, cause you can't ask me questions. I'm not an Apple person. You got to ask somebody else Apple questions. And that's the best reason to buy somebody an Apple device. Now with that stated, I had to point out to my um, relative who is a Apple fanatic, just take a look at dictators around the world, and you'll notice one thing in common. They all use iPhones, every single one. There's not a single communist-type place where you see the leader having an Android phone in their hands, and there's a reason for that. I said because it's a fascist device meant for fascist people, which means they have total control. So the end user has a really hard time messing stuff up. Join the dots, people. Follow the money. Lead you straight to iPhone mm -hmm. and the lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I set I set my iPhone on the edge of the flat Earth and it fell off. <laughs> Did the cat knock it off? Because <laughs> of the rounded corners, that's what I blame. Yeah. Well, there is one thing I w I would like to try on her MacBook is some some programming though because I've got this my computer is now four or five years old, but it has thirty two gigs of RAM and it's an i seven seventh generation something like that and. It just kind of bogs down when when I'm running too many processes or running a Node app, and I don't quite understand why. So I, I'd like to try to to uh, tap out her MacBook because it has a the, an M2 processor, which is apparently the, the nuts as far as Apple products go. Yeah, it's the new processor. Right. Isn't it? Well. I yeah, yeah, and it's awesome. So I, as I, I did all the research, said, okay, I'll just get this one, 2023 or 2022 uh, MacBook, whatever Air, Air, I guess. And then I realized you can have one external monitor. Right. <laughs> is that it? This is what. Yeah. So th then you have to buy another, a little, uh, mm -hmm. like a, a docking port or a docking hub, right. and download some software in order to well, run more than one monitor. Right, and then you only get two. Then you get two, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, on your device, the one thing I would try to encourage you to run is like um, get a second monitor, SH, a second computer, SSH, into your working computer and run something like BTOP, um, Bash Top, and just watch. Because I'm able to find at least, oh, there's slow I.O. with this disk, or, oh, RAM is filling up, let me do some of this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I've had success with that. Um the other thing I'll say is, um, why are you even writing programs anymore? 
this is 2023, brah. Just go to chat GPT <laughs> yeah. and just describe what you want and what language you want, and it will punch out garbage e code that halfway works. Uh, there'd be some punch out going, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. There's one piece of hardware news I wanted to mention only because it's only going to become more relevant as time goes on is the way I'm going to put it. Um, we are in the midst even know that's the right term right there we're in the beginning of a revolution in hardware infrastructure and that is risk v uh risk v will take over an incredible portion of computing in the future um right now it's not much in six months it's not going to be a lot in two years it's going to start to make a dent in five years it's going to start to be everywhere and there's a reason for it it's because it is completely open um, if, I, if I live in a country like India and I'm the head of that country, who is now the largest population country in the world, and I want to trust my computing platform emphatically from beginning to end, I cannot run AMD, I cannot run ARM, I cannot run Intel. I can only run RISC-V because I can control the entire hardware stack from beginning to end. Um, Google, aka Android, said that they want RISC-V to be a tier one Android architecture. What I'm going to say is that's not something that they say lightly. And it isn't that they want it to be a tier one architecture. I think they just have people smart enough to read the tea leaves saying this is a very possible huge chunk of computing in the future. So why don't we adopt it now? The, and the, like the example is this is 2023. Windows still barely runs on ARM processors. Okay. They don't want to be like the Microsoft when it comes to ARM. Google wants to be ahead of the curve. So they're going to try to bring in a whole bunch of RISC-V um, support into Android as soon as possible, which I will say will be great for low-end appliance-type devices thing for at least a little while until it really gets mature to where you can get you know extra processing power, especially graphics processing. Then it will be, I think, actually competitive. So do you have to, with RISC-V, do you, I mean, do you just print your own processors then is that how it works or is it like arm where there's a v6 7 8 um i'll say it's it's a hybrid of both they do have standards that they have in place and like in arm you can pick all different kinds of modules to bring in to your processor like you can say i want this processor to do extremely fast um in um in um in um encryption or I want it to do very fast H.264 encoding decoding. There are separate modules you can bring in so you can specialize what your processor is for. Um, the difference between this and ARM is you then as a producer can add anything you want to it. And there's no licensing you have to worry about. There's nothing you have to worry about it violating. So then you can print your own processors. And where the real advantage is going to be is we're going to see a lot more uh, homebrew operating systems is what I'm going to put, is how I'm going to put it, where you're going to have complete infrastructure inside countries where their entire data center is going to be running off of their own processors to where they don't have to worry about Intel backdoors, purposeful or accidental, or anybody else's fingers, you know, coming into their um, computing environment without explicit permission. Um, and because of that security that comes native with it, it's going to just, I think, exponentially get even more popular with each like three month, six month time span. With that being said, can it are those add-on components? We'll call them. Uh, 
I mean, that must is that hardware or is it software? Well, I guess the question I'm asking is, say that Google does accept RISC-V and, and that's Android's now running on RISC-V. Could a developer develop software to turn a phone into a heavy encryption device or to ramp up the, the graphics or something like that? Well, the way I put it is you can do anything in software, but it's going to take a hardware hit to do it. So if you don't bring in the H.264 explicit part of the chip design into your infrastructure, you can still do it, but it's going to take a hit on the processor and it's going to be a slower thing to happen. Where if you bring in the hardware side to it, it's going to increase the cost. It's going to increase complexity in pro, in pro um, in, um, production, but it's going to make it much more quicker, much more efficient. Um, the only place I see this having issues in air quote is going to be with um, proprietary network communication protocols like 5g like verizon 4g kind of thing where you know those people are going to be really sticklers about not letting anybody in into their cook, cookie jar kind of thing bring it on i say the sooner the better yeah because i mean the real the and with all this speculative whatever the one thing is true it's going to encourage competition and whenever there's competition users win Absolutely. so i'm all for it yep so Ivor, if you want people to to uh, think that you're a cutting edge developer, say that you're you're developing Rust for Risk V. Yeah, right. Using Chat GPT with <laughs> um, quantum computing. Yeah, yeah, just uh, with with a- in a AI syn- in a right in a synchronous heterogeneous environment involving all races and cultures and ethnicities. Boom! Investment funds coming. Written in equity. <laughs> for lesbians in a sustainable fashion small batch and I plant a tree every uh, day local, yeah. locally sourced yeah, locally out okay yeah I'm starting to bark my mouth um okay <laughs> um when it comes to other hardware stuff I will say we had a couple more leaks we had a couple more things coming out where foldables are going to maybe come down in price to be a middle range kind of thing which it's one of those things I'll again believe it when I see it. Um, it's it's going to have to be like almost identical pricing. I think for the average person to say, okay, this is five hundred bucks, this is five fifty. What maybe I'll try it. You know, people don't like spending a lot more for something because and the example is the stylus is in the phone. Everybody I know, including my son, gets a stylus in a phone. First week uses the stylus a lot. Second week uses the stylus a little bit. Third week. Forgets the stylus is even there. Fourth week, um, loses it behind the couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to foldables or stretchables or whatever, I think they're going to have to be a significant improvement, number one. But also, before you open them up, they have to be completely usable as a normal phone device. If I have, if the only time I get general productive usefulness is when I unfold it, that I'm lazy. I'm an American. I don't want to have to do extra steps. Um, so they're going to have to make it genuinely usable before you unfold or expand. Mm. That's my belief. Um, well, I mean, a lot of them do that at the moment, apart from the um, the Motorola ones, the Razors, and the Samsung Flips. Um, they have very small front screens. We open it up into a fully featured one. I mean, those those front screens are, still have an element of utility about them. You can tell what your latest message is what time is, uh, how many emails you've got, what, whatever you want to know at a glance. But if you want to do more, you can just 
flip open your phone and go from there. So, I don't know. Right. If you've got something at the front, you don't have to have a fully functional screen because um, then you you basically got two phones and you're just paying too much money then. So, I think there's a use case for the, for the uh, flip as well as the um, fold. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, the razor-type flipping mm. being a normal type of behavior, but I just think when it's closed, it has to be able to serve most of your purposes. Um, and then if we go the complete polar opposite side of hardware news speculation kind of thing, there's a new Lenovo device being sold in China that has a 7-inch display, Snapdragon 888, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was basically the last generation chipset before they start to go toward the new Gen 1, Gen 2, like, gaming kind of things. Um, and it literally looks basically like a handheld gaming computer, like a Nintendo Switch with controllers that don't come apart, so I'm going to say. Um, the real kicker is this thing is being sold for, I want to say, less than $200 US, which is, which is a kind of crazy low price. Um, the screen isn't great. You know, it isn't, you know, um, currently priced at, you know, uh, Snapdragon. I want to say it said it was like 180 bucks. Um, I'll just put it like this. This is the kind of device I can see getting, a, giving it to a kid, AKA shutting them up <laughs> here, play games on this. Uh, because, and here's the thing, cause it's on Android. The amount of free and air quote games where all you got to do is watch ads once in a while is extreme. Um, so I can see this being one of those like devices for people who aren't old enough yet to own a phone. And here is your device to play games with kind of thing. And for the price, I, I, I honestly, I'm going to say it's pretty hard to beat even just a seven inch screen in a tablet or a phone. It's hard to get less than 200 bucks. Yeah, but it's Lenovo. So it will be crap. Your personal experience. <laughs> Best computers I've ever had in my life. Oh, or think I'm not complaining about the computers. The computers are good. Everything else is rubbish. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. I, I wouldn't touch it with Josh's. I had. I had a Len Lenovo phone and it was fine. How long did it last? It was on par with like ASUS phones. About as long as my ASUS phone. Oh, okay. Well, you were lucky then. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to drop a comment about. Well, not about that thing. That I. I really don't even like the look of that. That device, but. Before that, when we were talking about foldable phones, uh, I tried to get a word in, but you guys will never shut up, so I'm going to have to go back to that. Uh, I have a I have a Facebook account, which I've had since the beginning of time, like everyone, and the only reason that I use it is for the marketplace. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm about as anti-Facebook as you can be while still using features of it that, that are useful. Um, but anyway, so I was looking for something. I'm, I'm looking for a fish tank right now, actually, because I want to try a, to create an aquaponic system to grow some vegetables and using fish poop. But I I saw a it was a well it was a foldable phone that somebody was selling, and so I that was the first time I've seen one in the wild still. Um, but it's I found it kind of interesting that. It's already making it to the secondary market. Mm. Right. Yeah, well, they're, they're a couple of years old now. We've had them for a couple of years. Some of the earlier models should, would be coming out of uh, contract, I imagine. Yeah, but you're also yeah. in a tech-forward country. 
I'm in Canada, man. Like most of the people still have Nokia flip phones. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If I was with somebody and they pulled out a flip phone, I would immediately say, "Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> I gotta play with it. I gotta, you know, see what it's like." Where's Snake? Um, Where's Snake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I keep thinking they're inevitable, but the time frame, I'm just not comfortable with guessing. Well, I don't know. You talk about the inevitability of uh, of the of the flip phone, but I think what we are inevitably going to end up with is a phone that will fit inside a display like your laptop, and it will power your laptop, and eventually that will shrink down to the size of something that will fit on your wrist. There it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. You mean the ASUS phone tab? Yeah, something like exactly like that. You just you'll have something. Yeah. You won't, but you'll take it to work with you. You'll you'll slot it into to the display at your desk, uh, and everything that you need for your work will be on 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 that phone. You, the, the phone is will be the only device you need, apart from the and it'll, the, the big display. It'll be made by Lenovo. <laughs> yeah, and I won't <laughs> buy it if it is. Um, I would say I would like that to happen. I would like that to happen. I would just because I love the idea of having a pocket or pocketable computer that when I come home I put it in a dock. Or whatever and voila yeah i have my entertainment system games whatever i want to do and then at work i slap it in and i have my you know vs code and stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah right or we know you have the exact same thing i got my movies and my games <laughs> maybe 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 um well look i'll just put it like this i'm a government employee <laughs> i've been there for 26 years um i'm pretty sure i can in like three hours do what the average state employee does in like 16 <laughs> you know just saying i was i was just thinking that the other well i think about it a lot now because i you just see these kids that are working at places and they're just sitting down on their phone doing nothing until somebody goes over to them and says like hey go mop or sweep or do whatever you're <laughs> supposed to be doing anything and i'm like, i thought about that today the part i thought about today was matt i i could probably do the work of about six of these kids mm -hmm. in the same amount of time, right? Like just, I don't know, maybe, I, me too, Dor. I just, uh, back when I was your age, I actually busted my ass to get stuff done. Right. But Let's then, of course, they won't pay you six times the money. Can we well, just revisit something that Josh said a little while ago, which was trying to grow vegetables in a fish tank? Yeah, <laughs> yeah my buddy uh, Tracy Holtz did that for uh, about five years in Texas. He had a aquaponics farm where he had huge, I want to say it was something like 3,000-gallon containers, where on the bottom he had um, uh, salmon, I want to say, and on the top he had cabbage. And basically the fish ate the algae that was put in, the fish poop caused the cabbage to grow, and then the cabbage roots he would cut, and then the fish would eat them as well. And he was able to basically go to the local restaurant and say, hey, locally sourced cabbage, hey, locally sourced fish, and he was able to make bank for a, a couple of years, and then he decided, I'm bored. I'm going to suggest Josh isn't growing vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible, yeah. Well, it's all legal here now, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, and I will say it isn't far from him. I want to say it is the largest square footage or cubic footage building in the Western Hemisphere and all it does is grow Mary Jane. It is like ridiculously big. The 
guy literally on one end went up in a helicopter and he kept going up and you couldn't see the other end of the building. Wow. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. There was a, there was a boom here for sure. A lot of them are going out of business or cutting back production and stuff as well now. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me how yeah, I there's know that. that. Well, because it drives your economy. I mean, for a change, you have Canada driving its own economy instead of it piggybacking off of, you know, U.S. <laughs> and I say that because other Canadians tell me we don't have an economy. We just, you know, we're like two years behind what you guys are doing and we just make money off of you. Sounds about right. But I digress. Um, yeah, it's going to be legal everywhere just because governments love money and taxation of money. Um, yeah, we had a referendum is, here a couple of years ago, and um, it was it was narrowly narrowly turned down. So it's still illegal here. Well, but. I'm shocked by Wait. your government, man. Like it's it's crazy. Well, down she just there. stepped down like two days ago, right? Yeah, she did. Yeah. But throw another Such fascist a shame. in there. Such a shame to see her go. I just thank I you. Wept, exactly. I wept for days. There were tears of joy, of course. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What about uh, what about the new guy? You know, anything uh, about he's him? not much better. No, they're all uh, the bloody same. Try not yeah. to have anything to do with them. See, that's why you need stuff legal yeah, to deal with that. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Well, on the app I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring, it came from the same guy, Tracy Holtz, who had the aquaponics farm and he grew blueberries because for some reason, blueberry, blueberries where he was at in Texas were, were, were worth a fortune. Um, he is also a huge audiobook nut. This guy goes like nuts for audiobooks, uh, kind of how I am with, um, podcast and he sent me this link uh basically this takes in plex you have tv shows movies other uh, video clips and then you have audio right now plex does not do a fantastic job of curating the music and presenting it to you in a good fashion any kind of audio music or audiobooks this player is basically a layer on top of uh, the, the the plex format but it's explicitly designed for audiobooks. And I got to say, uh, it actually looks like it works pretty good. It's called Chronicle Audiobook Player 4. <laughs> and that's not the number four either. <laughs> no. For nothing. It should say Plex. <laughs> maybe okay. maybe Plex got mad at him and told him they had to take name out of their player. But it's called Chronicle Audiobook Player 4. And it's from UP Pack. It does have some sort of in-app purchase. Honestly, I'm not positive what it is. Uh, updated on May 27th, 2022. Uh, data, data safety, no data is shared with third-party libraries and no data is collected. Quick tangent. I still have not heard a single Android podcast even mention that this is now surfaced in Google Play. On the web, it's very easy to see. On the handheld, it's a little bit different that this data is now being surfaced to you. This to me seems like the opposite thing of what normally happens. What normally happens is Apple becomes more like Android and Android becomes more like Apple. Quick side tangent again. Apple is starting to enable sideloading. In Android 13, they're going to start to disable some sideloading. Android 14. If you're on the newest... Android 14, sorry. Android 14, where if you try to load an app that's designed for Android 12 sideloaders on android 14 it's going to start to block you is the gist of it but at least they're starting to surface this kind of data uh back onto it uh 
257 reviews, average reviews 2.9, uh, which I will say he did admit it had a rough start when it was going. It's only at version 0.41, requires 5.0 Android NUP, 10,000 plus downloads, content rating E for everyone. The in-app purchase is only 3.99. I do believe that is a um, thank you donation kind of purchase, and, and that's all it is. Uh, permission, it all it needs is Wi-Fi network access because it's basically streaming the audiobooks for you. Um, if you're a huge fan of audiobooks and you either know somebody with a, a Plex library of audiobooks or you want to set one up yourself, I definitely encourage you to check this app out. Um, it will be in the notes. I'm going to try to make sure in the notes, at least it's called Chronicle Audiobook Player for Plex. I thought it was just on Android browser, TV? maybe. Because most of my Plex watching um, I, is on Android TV. I, I have no idea. Uh, Android TV is a limited subset of application support, mm. so it's the kind of thing you got to try to just load it up in the store see if it works. Um, you can't sideload in... Uh... Oh, there is a way you can, but it's a bit complex. Bit of a bit of a faff, as we say. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll say on Google and, uh, Android TV Chromecast, it's not difficult at all. You just go into the settings, developer mode, have a storage device connected to it. Mm. You just use a, any file browser, go to that and click it, install, and it works. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Plex is actually um, doing well in the in the fight to uh, take over people's media or to be the one source of people's media. But I think uh, YouTube's going to beat it there. Well, it's going to be very difficult for them to compete with anybody. But I will say I did see, Kate, really quick, flashback, 30 days before COVID. I was swearing because there were people in um, Congress who were starting to say Plex is a platform for piracy. It, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. And they were saying that out loud. Um, then COVID happened. They got distracted hmm. in a good way. Um, so now they're not talking about that at all. Uh, last week, I saw more than a couple articles that are saying it's now like proven in air quote, a majority of traffic on Plex is coming from their content that they're providing to you and not from other people's personal libraries. Cause they now have a, lot, a decent amount of content where you watch ads every now and then. Um, and I'll say, um, for some of that stuff that the wife's watched, it technically works fine, you know, so more power to them. But yes, to compete with something like YouTube, they're going to need um, something huge to happen because YouTube will destroy them. It's just a matter of time. Well, the YouTube will just Plex. buy them and shut them down. Yeah. The other problem I have with Plex is uh, you get a minute and a half of ads every five or ten minutes, I think, um, and they're all the same ad. It's, um, in my case, it's Viagra. <laughs> so... I'm trying to stay away from the the Plex movies. So but they're uh, they're obviously looking they're obviously looking at your browsing history as well. If they were, they wouldn't be trying to offer me Viagra. <laughs> yeah, I'll say when I want something and I can't find it on someone's library, or the wife can't find it on you know whatever streaming service that we pay for, I literally just pirate it, download it transcode it put it on my plex library um the next one i have to download because we can't find it is um death to smoochie huh. with um um robin williams and oh man the guy can't remember his name the guy with the thing the guy from american history x lord uh, norton ed norton yeah. ed norton ed norton yeah, yeah, yeah. so i gotta download that one because my son hasn't watched that one yet and as far as i'm concerned that's almost like a must watch movie i'm just saying haven't seen it Oh, my goodness. It's good. It's good. In terms of the castle, compared to the castle, would it hold a candle? Or would it, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, I mean, 
it will, <laughs> the castle has more replayability is what i'll say um hard to but compare. at least the first time it's hard to compare anything yeah. to bonnie dune yeah, Bonnie, dude. The <laughs> serenity. Um, the good thing about uh, Death to Smoochie is there's going to be at least a couple times where you're literally going to be like floored. I can't believe what I just saw. It, but then seeing it again, you're not as shocked. So, you know. Right. Right. Um, so, out of one to, ten, one to ten castles, how many would it be? Uh, at least three. Three castles? Yeah. That's our new rating system. <laughs> yeah, on the castle sure. scale. <laughs> For movies and TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the um, the side loading issue there, Dor. Um, we got a minute to talk about that with the uh, new development of Android 14. Let's put a link in the chat. Um, so I saw this article on, on Android Authority the other day um, about Android 14 could block app side loading to some extent. Now they're kind of dressing this up as uh, maybe a, a move to improve the security on Android to stop people side loading apps from dodgy play stores or um, making sure they have the most up-to-date version of Android before they can actually uh, load any apps. Um, to me, I don't know, I'm a bit conflicted about this one. I think it's any move to improve, improve the security on Android is great, but I don't believe that's what it's all about. I believe this is about shutting down access to other apps and other app stores and channeling people directly to the, the Google Play Store and keeping them away from those other third-party stores like F-Droid. Uh, we'll be interesting to keep an eye on this in the future to see what actually happens and if they go full Apple and try and shut down people's access to sideloading apps at all, which I can see on glimmering on the horizon. Well, you know, I think that that would be almost good in insofar as that it would push people to other open OS's uh, and then create more competition that way as well because that's, that's I mean that it's an iPhone at that point right like what well, you can't exactly. do what you yeah. want with it and it's locked down in its own little secret garden so I mean I'm I'm already starting to dislike Android more and more and if they if if they do that I think I would be pretty much done I'm starting to dislike Google's version of Android more and more. And as you say, if it pushes people off into alternatives that are more private, more secure, less open to advertising, um, yeah, so much the better. Maybe it is a good thing that they uh, they do this. They will, they'll force uh, force the market open. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, I just got a Google Opinion Rewards questionnaire where it asked me, um, um, does, how do I feel about Google? Do they care about my data? I was like, no. Like, do they care about keeping your data secure? It's like, no. And then it asked like one or two questions, and then it said, well, why not? Use as many words as you want. I just, because Google only cares about keeping my data secure for their ad needs, period. Um, so it's like, yeah, they care about the security of my data as long as they have complete access to it. Mm. And as long as other people don't. Um, they, 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 they want to keep all the fish in their pond all the time. Um, what I wish this new version would do, it's quite literally kind of like now if you go to uh, system about and tap the Android version number seven times, then it would open up developer options. What I would hope, what I would really love is if after doing that, you could say sideload any app I want. Thus, you will not have grandma and grandpa or anybody else accidentally installing a version from Android 8. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I get what they're trying to do. I, let me rephrase that. 
I get what they're trying to convey, the idea of what they say they're trying to do. Okay. Keeping everything up to date, in air quote, is a very solid way of keeping things more secure than less secure. Um, because security, we only learn more as every day goes on. It doesn't mean new applications are more secure, but at least I think it's easier for them to maintain standards moving forwards. Uh, but I still, as an end user, want to own my device. I don't want to feel like I'm renting my device from them and they actually own it. Um, so if they do start to block stuff, then it's, I'm back to getting root again. That's all there is to mm. it. Yeah. Rooting because like, for instance, um, I, every now and then Google wants to go into Google play and allow for automatic updates. And I got to keep turning it off because I'm still running an old version of LastPass on purpose because I'm not paying them money. And I still am not convinced anything on the market is any more secure than LastPass. Um, I say that and I want somebody to prove me wrong. Um, but that has not happened yet. So I'm still using LastPass. I'm still using the old version of LastPass so I can use it on desktop and mobile with no issues. So despite the massive security breach that LastPass had, <laughs> you no, still use it because you think it's more no, secure? No. Look, <laughs> after listening to over 300 days worth of news in the last year, a couple of things I can tell you that are true is you always have to pay attention to the inflection of people who are talking mm. and you always have to pay attention to the amount of verbs they use to emphasize what they're talking about. If you listen to that Steve Gibson security now about the last pass breach, it was packed filled with verbs and excitement because he felt personally scorned because he supported them in the past. If you take a look at any technical writing about it on any news article, 99% of the article is not fact. It's, I feel, I believe, I think. Mm. And then, I don't know about you guys, I've now had about 80 people I know run that PowerShell code on their computer. None of them have returned number one, not a single one. So, if you get in a car, could you die? Yes. Do we do it anyway? Yes. Why? Because the odds are low. Same thing with that LastPass thing. Now, with that said, every single other password system in the world uses your clipboard. There's nothing in the world more insecure than me as a security program trusting your clipboard to handle sensitive data. Yeah. So I won't use anything like Bitwarden or anything like that because they all use your clipboard. So they're not more secure. They're 10 times less secure as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, listening to that that interview or, well, the, the security now. Uh, yeah, it was... If you if you listen, you were talking about inflections and, and things like that matter and the number of verbs, but just words matter as well. And th I got from from that interview that it wasn't a big problem either, and he he knew that it wasn't a big problem. I think that was the point that he was trying to make. But then one of their main sponsors is Bitwarden, and so he can tell you all he wants that he's, that's not not affecting his his opinions but i mean it has to on, on some level i would imagine well and then i'll also stay two facts of life and you know i'm old i know this kind of thing one the grass is never greener on the other side for god's sake stop jumping ship thinking it's going to be greener two there's no such thing as perfection if you don't want computer problems don't have computers if you don't want technical issues don't have computers Every password management system is going to have flaws. You have to just educate yourself and pick which flaws are you able to put up with. You know, this is like Mailwitch. Mailwitch is compromise. You know, 
pick pick your battles is what I'm going to say. And with me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with LastPass. Well, I just don't want to pay the money. Yeah, exactly. And that that's why. And actually, I think I did pay them money before, and uh, it was a dollar a month. And then right when was it logged me and bought them, I think they doubled the price. Was the first thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Or triple the price. Them. Yeah, yeah and I, said, yeah. I said no. And then, I mean, I pay Bitwarden ten bucks a year because I'd rather give them money than than log me in or just a company. You know, they just it's crazy. You buy something and then it's like uh, they're like the what is it, Martin Scarelli of, yeah, of yeah, apps, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I forgot that guy's name. Yeah, that was the drug guy. Yep. Yeah, the pharma bro. Right. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather pay Bitwarden ten bucks a year. And still use LastPass just because I want more competition. And Bitwarden, I know, can do better. And so far, I know, as far as I know, Bitwarden has only been independently audited by one company. And for all I know, it's their bro. For all I know, it's their cousin. For all I know, it's their little brother's company. (laughs) Having one independent audit is like not having an audit at all. But it was done by Whitborden. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um. You know, and 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 I want to say this. I was watching a thing where there was an interviewee, and he was asking the guy, "What is one of your like um um um, um devilish um uh, habits that you do?" And he was like, "I don't think you want to know what it is." And the guys were like, "Oh crap, what do we got here?" <laughs> and he was like, "Um, I secretly like to go on vacation to places that just experience horrible terrorist attacks." And the people were like, "What are you talking?" He says, "No, no, you gotta understand." When there's a thing that happens in um, Paris, France, where like 10 people die, a month after that, prices are at their best. And the security's at the top of their game. Nothing's going to happen. It's the safest time you can possibly go. Look, if there's ever a time to jump on LastPass, it's right now. It's never going to get safer than it ever was (laughs) because they're going to, because right now, there are people behind the stage with whips, you know, telling people, get stuff done, get stuff done, kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So let's yeah. just say, well, hypothetically, someone gets access to your clipboard. Would they, mm-hmm. they would have access to your last, the last password that you used, right? Or would they have access not to every in, single not password in, uh, you've ever used or what? Everything that's ever been on your clipboard? Not, no, not in a last pass. They would have access to nothing. Yeah, but if you're but using, using any other system, system. Yeah. It, it, okay, if I got access to your clipboard, I would A, run a process to see how intensive my thing is and i would literally try to hit your clipboard every 15th of a second Mm -hmm. and just see if there's a change if there's a change copy it off if there's a change copy off by default bitwarden never clears your clipboard you have to go into bitwarden settings and say clear the clipboard after x seconds you can't make it too short because then if you say fill out my um, password it won't fill it out because it's too short of a time because it takes time for the application to say, go into the library, copy, yeah. go into the browser, paste. Right. But would it get would it get so, access to every single thing you've ever put on your clipboard, or would it only get access to the last thing that went on there? I'll say it depends on the system. There are clipboard management systems that some people do install that will give me complete access to everything that you've ever done. Right. Otherwise, it's just what's currently there. Oh, okay. Because yeah, like there's there there's like default. I'll say this: KDE Plasmoids that come in with the Plasma desktop that by default have a complete history of your mm, clipboard. Mm. And the first thing I do is I nuke that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering because... It's, you know, the just idea, incompetent. The it's idea literally of a password manager is it will just give you a, a different password for every single thing you're trying to log into. So if it has access to your clipboard, it's only putting 
the last password that you use, which is an individual unique password that you can't use anywhere else. So it's only getting access to one website or one function, even if that clipboard is compromised. But I was wondering if, if it had access to the whole clipboard history, then that would be a different issue. Well, I'll say it, it depends. And if you do get infected, I'll say this, and you have LastPass installed and your value is down to one, then they have access to all your all of your entire vault, period. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I think. Uh, but, you know, but it, 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 it's also one of those things you got to remember, if the thing has access to your clipboard, they have access to everything else. They can do key logging. They can map your drives. They can literally encrypt your files, upload your files or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. which is another reason why I don't do anything vitally important on Windows. <laughs> I don't even do my tax stuff on Windows. Yeah, no, 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 you want to do that. How uh, does LastPass yeah. do it then? Do they use jQuery uh, or something to, to fill in auto auto populate fields? No, they have custom they have custom plugins for each browser for each operating system that literally uses um like um um I want to say object linking and embedding like a actual operating system level code to push values from one basically system to another um. I don't want to say to use the clipboard as a lazy man's way to do it, but every operating system has a clipboard that you can just use for your convenience. But yeah, I will say there was a time, maybe five years ago or six years ago, where on Android, um, it was using the clipboard. Uh, and then they started to use the accessibility feature. And using the accessibility feature on Android, they got around using the clipboard. And then Android said they were going to start to get strict on who can use the clipboard, who can't use, um, who can and who cannot use the accessibility feature. And they were panicking because they didn't know, because they did not want to use the clipboard. Hmm. So, yeah, again, experts out there, if I'm wrong, you got to prove it to me. Because I can tell you the last time I installed Bitwarden, I'll say this, the two things I know that I experienced was you could go in and change the clipboard settings, which means it's using the clipboard. And two, when I installed the local server and I DNS black hole their main server, my stuff wasn't working. Okay. So that 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 that's why I keep wanting to use LessPass, which is integrated into Nextcloud. But first I have to have Nextcloud that will actually run for a year without instance. And that hasn't happened for a while. Right. My next cloud keeps blowing up on me. <laughs> Something I, I noticed today, I've used Signal for many, many years just as a default SMS and, well, Signal messaging when someone else has it. And I noticed today for the first time that one of the, the group chats that I'm in with two people and it's just an SMS chat, uh, it says that Signal can no longer send the SMS, which I knew was coming. Yep. But I didn't know when, and so apparently, apparently that's now, which is going to, I'll, maybe I'll pick your guys' brain here in a minute as far as what to use as an SMS. But I, I've just found this is a, a GitHub GitHub repo called Signal Android, and it's a fork of Signal. And mm -hmm. what they're trying to do is keep SMS in it. And I know that Signal is, or they say they're removing SMS because it adds a, a, an attack vector basically that they don't feel that they can secure or they're not willing to put enough resources towards securing and so this might be a, an interesting alternative that that does keep sms and signal together yeah 
Um, Does it have to do with um, the fact that they use that they're trying to get away from using phone numbers? Possibly, possibly. It it uh, it might be that they use a clipboard. (laughs) As a joke, though. Yeah, I'm just checking. uh, Going back to the password manager thing, I'm just checking my my. I use one password, and in the security settings, it's got automatically clear clipboard after 30 seconds of copying a value to the clipboard. So I get 30 seconds. So as right. you're saying, if they're trying to hit it every 15th of a second, then that's not going to be any good to anybody, is it? Is it? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, and I will say um, in the news here recently, another reason why Gibson was probably mad, Steve Gibson was, was mad, was because it turned out his beloved Threema is useless. There's nothing about it that is secure. It's filled with holes. Yeah. Um Walking up to somebody and showing them the QR code, which has the three green lights of support, means absolutely nothing. Again, I'll say it. If you try to reinvent secure stuff, you're always going to fail. If you do like what Moxie Marlin Spike does, and you plan for this thing to try to you know, fill holes, you're, you're going to be the more secure option every single time. Um, that has the side holes with the phone number kind of thing in there. And I will say this signal was in the news the other day um, where the new CEO said something to the effect of if you're like a, a restaurant and someone comes into your place and eats food, that isn't a vulnerability. It was weird. Is what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> Marlon Spike's uh, stepped the, down now uh, though, isn't he? He's not there anymore. Uh, uh, he's not the CEO. The CEO yeah. He's still, I believe the, I, I, I still believe he's the lead programmer, but yeah, he, he, he's the closest thing we have to like a uh, digital freedom fighter here in like 2023 um i still trust signal more than virtually everything else but it's also hard to beat if you just have something obscure installed on your phone and use that you know like voxer yeah so, to, you know. um well that brings me to an app actually um because when i've heard that uh when i found that signal was stopping its sms i uh, quickly had a look on fdroid for a replacement sms service and i came up with qk sms um and this is actually a really nice uh, material design app. It's got uh, lots of the, the functionality you would expect, well, all of the functionality you'd expect with a regular SMS app. Um, I really like it. I use it a lot. And because um, we still use SMS, I don't use WhatsApp. But I think SMS is, is another inevitability. It's, it's going to die. Um, people are just going to be using uh, uh, web messaging. Oh, well, that's... You know, I, really, I really just still hate text messaging. I feel like... Every time I open up a text messaging app, I lose like 10, I, 10 IQ points. Yeah. Well, I sent a lot of images, and I got my bill the other day, and it was like 20 bucks for all the pictures I'd sent to people. I was going, Oof. <laughs> if I'd done it on Signal, it would have been free. You have to pay for pictures? Yeah. Strike two for New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, cool. That is that is interesting. So going off of that door... SMS Q, QK SMS is pretty good. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's what actually what I'm, yeah, what I wanted to know. And uh, do you have any counters for that door besides Threema? Well, I mean, again, um, if you want to, you could use even Facebook Messenger if you're a sadist or WhatsApp. Um, I push everyone I can towards Voxer just because I love the fact that I have the web integration to it and the seamless voice integration when I want it. Um, yeah, but the people I get messages that, from are, are knuckleheads, man. No one's going to do Like, I just need straight up something that will catch SMS that people send. Well, what I typically do is I use my Google Voice 
and I use that. Yeah, no, just because. No Google Voice in Canada. What's next? <laughs> you have no Google Voice? No, man. No. You can't get an American number? Uh, no, no I'm not here either. I mean, maybe if I used a VPN and went through some other hmm. other techniques, Crikey. but no. Um, <laughs> Grand Central. Uh, let me think. Uh, what would the commies uh, use? Fax machines. You got any fax yeah, machines right. down there? Um. Wow, this is not good. Um. Yeah. See, I'll put it like this. I equate it to like using a different keyboard on my Android device. Why? You know, any other keyboard you use will then have access to everything you type, including passwords kind of thing. Um. So I'm only like now trusting like the native keyboard that comes installed on the device, not Gboard per se. Whatever comes installed on the device is what I'm using. When it comes to messaging apps, I have a hard time using anything else than what's installed on the device. Um, and right now I'm still using um, Google Messenger, and it sucks. It's not good. Um, I push people towards Google Voice when I can. I push people towards Voxer when I can. Um, otherwise, I tell them just use email, which, of course, is more complicated than ever. You know, too hard. Too many, too many typing. Speaking of, um, speaking of Voxer, my youngest daughter uh, was looking for an app. Um, she, wanted to, she came to me and said, Dad... Can I sign up for uh, Snapchat? And I said, "Hell no, you cannot." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently, um, all her friends use their parents' Snapchat accounts on their parents' devices to talk to each other, just uh, you know about whatever they want to talk to each other about. And I'm going, "Oh no, 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 no! We're not getting a Snapchat account." Um, and so I suggested that they use Voxer instead, which was. Voice messaging, you can do, you know, web messaging. You can use it on any device, including a laptop or a tablet or a phone. And um, they've all, they're all now using Voxer and having a great time with it. So that's good. And it's not Snapchat. <laughs> I had no idea that Snapchat was even still around. Yeah, yeah. It's still going strong, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things. As long as old people aren't using it, kids will keep using it. Yeah. I figured the old people would be using it. It's been out long enough that... Uh... The Facebook crew go over there and push the, the youngins out. Oh, no. I think they would need an AARP, like, ad or something. <laughs> you got uh, another app there, Dole? Okay. Uh, the one I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring partially just because it's a utilitarian thing, but also because I actually thought it looked good. And, it, and this one was on F-Droid. This is called um, Breakdown Timer with periods between it. Break, period, down, period, timer. A timer with in-between notifications is what it says. Uh, version 1.1. Uh, basically, you have... Th this is a good way if you need to take um, like an hour, especially an hour is what it looks like, and break it down into segments. Uh, there was an app I brought a long time ago, Pomerito, which I know I'm saying it wrong, which is Italian for tomato. Pomodoro? Or basically the... Pomodoro, thank you. Where the goal of the app is to, like, you work for 25 minutes, then you reward yourself with five minutes of break time or something to, to that effect. Um, that was basically, every app I've seen of them, it's literally just an A-B schedule. 25-5, 25-5, or, you know, 10-10, or, you know, 35-35. This app, at least, you could break it down into different segments. Hypothetically, let's do 25 and 5, and then let's do 15 and 15. Because my second reward, I want it to be better kind of thing because i need to go upstairs and cook an egg or something i don't know um so i would say this to me uh it, it was visual enough to where it I, I could grasp it really quick and in air quotes it just worked well i would just say um, that this app must be really good because i bought exactly the same app last week <laughs> oh well, there you go <laughs> 
<laughs> but Doyle did a much better job of um, presenting it. Well, that explains why it was on my phone. Because I'm, it's like Josh. Every now and then, I look at my phone. Like, how the hell did this get installed on my phone? I don't know. What I'm is this? Spreadsheet. You used to have a spreadsheet which would show all the uh, apps that we bought on the on the shows. Is that still running? Yeah. Or? No. I found it was easier to just document them in the show notes and then search the show notes when I want right, to look okay. at stuff. Yep. It technically works. Okay. Oh, hey. Do you have any other apps that you went over last week that I can steal this week, Ivor? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of games. Oh, actually, this is a good one. This is nice and simple. This is right up your alley. Um, there you go. Install that one. This is called Scribbler. And it's got a description. It's called Right on the Screen. <laughs> and that's effectively what it does. It sits in your notification <laughs> tray. You pull down your notification shade. And you press the scribbler uh, bar and then you it turns your screen into a blank screen or a black sort of grayed out screen and then you can write with your hand or a stylus if you use one of those on, on the screen take a screenshot and then do whatever you like with it it's a very very simple tiny tiny app um, and i thought it, something like this would be really useful to to have for some reason i haven't used it yet <laughs> but i'm sure i will find a use case for it I just think it was quite a good idea. So I like apps that have this kind of functionality that are just there if you need them. You're going to use it in three months when you find your stylus behind your couch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say not complaining per se, but again, app developer, too lazy, put up images, screenshots. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. You pull it down from your notification shade, click the button, and then whatever was behind the notification shade, you can scribble on that. You can like annotate yeah. images and draw circles around stuff. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. But, but well, that's useful as hell. Yeah. Well, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll share my screen. I'll show you how it works. Uh, just a minute. Are you using uh, F Droid exclusively now, Ivor? Pretty much. I I really don't use the. Um, I'm having a bit of trouble sharing my screen here. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much using F-Droid all the time. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't use the Play Store a lot. Oh man, Hang on, I'm, use, I'm losing the Video Ninja. Well, his computer <laughs> didn't like that very much. Now did it? <laughs> Is this where we pretend we, we know what he said? Because in the in the final product, it'll actually be a question. I disagree, <laughs> Ivor, completely. I think that F-Droid is probably better than Google Play, and I know that you love Google Play so much. For anybody that didn't know, Ivor's no longer here, so we can actually say whatever we want to. Do. Yeah, he kind of went boom. Um, I will say this. I'm all for competition, but one thing I would do if I was him, I would try to also use App2IDE, A-P-E-2-E-I-D-E. So then what you can do is you can download stuff from F-Droid, use App2IDE, take all of your F-Droid apps, upload them to your own personal library. So then when you change devices and kind of things, it makes it super easy to hop on a new uh, device and get things set up. Say that again, app to what? A-P-T. A-P-T. O-I-D. Yeah. A-P-T-O-I-D. Aptoid. Oh, I see. It's one word. A-P-T-O-I-D-E. Yeah. O-I-D-E. Okay. The alternative Android app store. Yeah. Well, it's more than that. You can literally basically make a free account, make your own, in air quote, app store, and basically save, back up all your APKs to your own personal account. Then you can say, hey, here are all the apps I have and click a button and you send me a link and I can have access to all your apps. Oh, that's cool. Ext 
extremely convenient, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm a fan. Can you? So, you can't. Can you install or or remove apps from your phone using this? Yeah, yeah. And you can browse other people's libraries. So hypothetically, you need this explicit one version of this app. You can look on there, find it, and download. Oh, it's not a okay. Uh, I was just, can it's, you do it from it the both, the web page too? Or no? Yeah. Um. Well, with the web page, you can. I think it does want the app installed on your phone. I'm pretty sure. Think of it like F-Droid, but instead of just having one master library, you can have your own personal library with your own personal apps, with your own personal versions of those apps, and then you can also browse other people's. <laughs> well, we see a chair. <laughs> got a lot of pillows on it. Let's, uh, should we analyze this bedroom? No, I blame the dog. I think it was the dog's fault. The dog peed on his computer. <laughs> Pepper. All Pepper's fault. Got the light switch there on the right. Yeah. Where's all his Elvis gear? Didn't he have a bunch of Elvis gear before? Hey, if he's anything if he's anything like Wayne Gretzky, his wife made him put all his hockey stuff in the garage. <laughs> uh, Ivor's in the chat, though, saying that... Uh, yeah, right there, man. Aptoid. Oh, he froze up again. Yeah. I'm back. Mm-hmm. Hey, so where do you download so Aptoid from? Do you have to go to the website on your phone, or is it in the F-Droid store? Um, or? You can just go to the website on your phone, and right there will be a big like splash thing saying download. Yeah, it's pretty easy is what I'll say. Yeah, right in the very top right-hand corner of the web page is download. So did you want to bring a game, Ivor, really quick? Oh, yeah. Um, does anybody remember? Oh, no, you wanted to show us. Yeah. Oh, I want to show you show you the uh, thing. Let's let's see if that if it'll work this time. Yes. See, I and I was that. blaming your dog with peeing on peeing on your computer. <laughs> okay, so here's my screen. Can you see it all right? Yep. Cool. So you go down there, and then you go um, press on Scribbler, and you see it kind of grays out or blacks out the screen. So um, then I can just write on the screen. Like that, <laughs> and then I can just uh, copy it and share it, edit it, delete it, and do whatever I like. Right. And then that's it. That's pretty much all there is to it. Yeah, and if you're the kind of person who likes to annotate like everything you send to somebody, then that would be a definite shortcut to screenshot, edit, and then put your stuff on mm. it. Oh, I just like it. I'm sure I'll find a use. Oh, it is handy I mean, if you need to. Walk somebody through uh, something as well, you know, if you're on the phone mm. trying to figure out, you can circle it. It does have that annoying black or gray shade, which might might be a bit a bit of a problem with that sort of thing. But obviously, the developer hasn't uh, gone to a lot of effort to to describe what it does. The the description is: this app could be useful if you were doing a presentation with a phone, perhaps with a projector, and needed to draw on top of the display. <laughs> it's a great description right there. Yeah, it's just somebody that figured out part of the APK. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I can do this. I can access this? <laughs> yeah. All right. But anyway, I keep it on there just in case I, I need it at some stage. Very cool. Um, I'm going to bring one last game, and then I have to go upstairs and tend to some food. because oh, I forgot about it. Um, This game is a game I'm bringing because... I have it on my Steam Deck. 
And for two months straight, it was like the second and third most popular game being played on the Steam Deck for the month. Um, long story short, Steam Deck has sold over a million units, and this game was like the second most played game on that platform. Um, I want to say on Steam, it's like a 2 or $3 purchase with a really like quick download, small download, really uh, um, DLC you can buy for like another buck, super cheap. Um, it is completely free on Android, but it has ads. It's called Vampire Survivors by Ponicle. 4.8 average reviews, 1 million downloads. I swear to you guys, this app came out less than three days ago, I want to say. Uh, T for teen. We'll see here if I'm right or not. Uh, up, oh, last updated December 20th, 2022. This thing's been out for two weeks. I don't even know it. Three weeks. I don't even know it. Dang. Okay. Um, data safety. No data is shared with third party. This app collects location, personal data, and two others. Data is encrypted and transferred, and you can request for it to be deleted. Um, about the game come here and it says uh version 1.2.119 update december 20th 1 million plus downloads 7.0 android up teen blood violence permissions other network access that's it uh because it wants to have ads um the way i'm going to describe this game is um the reason i like this game is it almost harkens back to atari level of gameplay and what i mean by that easy to learn how to play really difficult to master but more importantly as you're playing this game you can hold intelligent conversations with other people and not miss a beat um there's only one controller in this game and that is to move your guy around all of the things that you shoot are all automatic shooting and it's very um um uh pixel bitted uh like a retro graphics where your goal is to you're like in a horror thing you're killing all the enemies that are really swarming all around you in true bullet hell fashion. There's like 15 different things you can upgrade. Uh, if you max out like these three things in the right fashion, then you get a super weapon kind of thing. Um, originally, the game would not ever last more than half an hour. After a half an hour, Grim Reaper would come kill you. Boom, done. <laughs> So you have to try to do the best you could possibly do in a half an hour. Now there's some uh, end bosses where you can uh, fight and beat. Um, to me, this is the perfect kind of brain-dead game to where when you just want to have one controller moving around and then you just pick your upgrades, pick your enhancements, and then you just go through complete bullet hell scenarios. Um, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. I've, had, I've now had like three or four people where I show it to them and they're like, this looks stupid. Dude, just play it. This looks really dumb. It's bad. Just play it. And then three days later, oh my God, I can't stop playing it. <laughs> um, uh, and I'll say this is the uh, perfect example of the game. Bigger the screen, better the experience. Mm -hmm. If you have a Chromebook or a tablet and you play this, it will be better than just playing it on your phone. I have no problem saying that. Well, you had me at vampires. I'm a sucker for vampires, so... <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> a sucker for vampires. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of game I have no problem saying. Um, like, um, I don't want to say game of the year. It's only January. It might be game of the year. Wow. It reminds yeah. me of a game. I'm, I, I'm trying to find it. I thought it was Ghosts and Goblins, but it's not. It's a, a regular Nintendo. I think it was an NES but you could uh, play, it was a, a team game. So you could have two people and you go through a castle or dungeons or something like that. And that's very similar graphics. I know. But yeah, these are definitely harking back to a, a long ago graphic style. 
Awesome. It was fun, though. I was trying to figure out what it was, so I was looking up uh, Ghosts and Goblins and Dungeon Scroll, trying to remember which one it was, but it's fun seeing those uh, those old games. Can I um, can I bring in a, a, a game as well here, Dor? Have you got time for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is one for the nerds going back uh, a while. Going back to 1984, if you've ever heard of Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson, uh, they wrote uh, some... So, some dungeon games. Remember the old uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books? Mm-hmm. So Ian Livingston wrote a, wrote a very famous Choose Your Own Adventure novel called uh, Death Trap Dungeon, and there were actually three of them. Uh, and they were enormously popular, and now I was very glad to see that they've been turned into a game uh, called Death Trap Dungeon Trilogy. Now, if you're buying this in New Zealand, it costs $5.49, but I think that's around about 4 3 or $4 in, in the U.S., uh, it comes from Nomad Games, last updated December 6th, 2019, so it's a bit old. Uh, version 1.3.35 requires Android 4.0 and up and has 1,000 plus downloads. Content rating is 12 plus because it's got horror content. So you've got these three Death Trap Dungeon adventures that were done by Ian Limiting back in, in uh, 1984. They are Death Trap Dungeon, Trial of Champions and Armies of Death. Uh, very, very cheerful sounding names. Um, so basically you can choose one of those three modules and you can go through all of them turn by turn. In fact, the first one leads on to the second one, the second one leads on to the third one. So you can do each in, in sequence. Um, you can choose to be a different character, so you can be a dwarf, an elf, a barbarian, uh, a rogue, a paladin, or something called a chaos warrior, whatever that is. And you work your way through the story, making your way uh, through the dungeon, avoiding traps and collecting treasure and slaying monsters. Um, the game is pretty much run on rails. You can't decide where you want to go, you know, you you have to, you basically have to go in a certain direction and present you with a door, either you open the door or you don't, or you go into a room and you're uh, immediately confronted with a fight of a monster, or you, you, you're confronted with a trap, or or there's some kind of a, a puzzle which you have to solve. Uh, so, it, so because it's run on rails, you can end up repeating, because um, you will die quite a lot, you, you will die very often, um, so you will end up going through the same sort of uh, scenario again and again. But um, I, I found there with the different characters and, and you can choose different options and, and things like that. You, I still got quite a few uh, hours gameplay. The combat um, module, the con- combat engine, is actually really quite entertaining. It's run on uh, dice rolls, so you have these simulated dice rolls. And um, you have to roll a certain number of, um, you know, a certain uh, number of dice over a certain number. So, like, you get six dice, regular dice, and you have to roll over a two to hit, hit your opponent. If you do, uh, then, then the opponent takes damage, and then he gets to go at you. So, it's sort of turn on turn. Um, but I found it quite quite stimulating, quite entertaining, quite interesting, especially as I'd uh, read the original books, and, and it was quite true to the, uh, to the original uh, novels. Um, the gra- graphics are really good. It's kind of bird's-eye view graphics. You go through this dungeon... Uh, with a top-down view of of your character and what it encounters on a map, um, but the map is only a little bit of you know only only your screen uh, distance in front of you. You can't really see what the hell's going on beyond far far too much beyond uh, your own character's eyesight. Um, yeah, I still go back to it every now and then, and um, it's a good bit of nostalgia and and uh, dungeoneering and dungeon crawling and role playing, which is which is great. 
Very cool. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the cards, I thought, "Oh, not a card-based game." No, no, no. Um, it's not a card-based. I'm not a fan of the games where it's like everything is a card. I, I get the allure to that, but I want more. This has more. I like the top-down view. It's okay if it's on rails, as long as it lets me pick. You know, I'm going through this door. I'm going through that yeah, door. Yeah, there are multiple options kind of at each at each point. Yeah. Um. And yeah, but the the what you've encountered behind the door will never change. It will be the same thing. So you can do different things there. Gotcha. Yeah, in the U.S., it's three dollars and forty-nine cents, which I will say is a very fair price uh, for what it, it looks like. Yeah, I, I mean the or graphics it. are actually really good, and uh, the gameplay is great. And if, if you ever played these games when you're when you're a kid, then uh, it'd be a trip down memory lane. Four dollars and twenty-nine cents here, and it's uh, I can't only one thousand plus downloads. Yeah, that was, that was I thought that was a bit odd. It should normally have more than that because it was quite a famous module, quite a famous book and well-known. Ian Jackson, or Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston are quite well-known in the fantasy realm. So I'm surprised it hasn't been more popular. I thought that Steve was the, the lesser-known Jackson 6. <laughs> uh, and then Red, Red in the chat says, this from the guy who recommended rap Roy Orbison and clean film, choose your own adventure to me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I think I missed something there. Well, you know, tell you worse. Um, okay, yeah. Oh no, that's not red. The... Sorry, sorry. That's your brother. Oh really? <laughs> that's yeah. That sounded like ED. a very weird comment. I didn't realize he was in the chat. <laughs> My chat's been turned off for a while. Oh, here he is. No, oh, right. Cool. Roy Orbison and Cling film. Choose your own adventure to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> and yeah, it's a corpse behind me, Eric. <laughs> Exactly. Um, all right, guys, I got to round this up. Uh, I will say um, I did have at least a couple more apps in the queue that I'm going to try to save till next week. I think at least one of them is worth uh, teasing. It's called MYNE uh, ebook downloader for Gutenberg Project. Gutenberg Project is trying to take everything, every book, and document it, which I think is a good thing. Um, with that, I digress. Do you have any uh, parting words there, Ivor? Oh, no, just uh, looking forward to the new year, and hopefully we can have a few more regular podcasts um, if our schedules allow and, and Doors Health is on the improve. So, yeah, hopefully we can get a bit more busy, a bit more active, and get to get to know you guys a bit more. Sounds good to me. Uh, Josh, have any words? Yeah, I'm going to really work on trying to fit the word schedule into my vocabulary and start using it on a regular basis. <laughs> gotcha. I'm going to try to use more words in better ways in gooder ways <laughs> in gooder ways. ways all right uh i want to thank everyone for downloading thank everyone for participating thank eric and swift for coming out don't think i missed anybody else um and i want to thank everyone for their support again uh, patreon.com slash android app addicts easiest way to support us to make it the next time there's a multi-hundred dollar hosting fee i don't have to worry about it uh that would be splendid um I want to thank everyone again for coming out. Thanks for their support. And we will hopefully talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us 
by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.